The Water Values Podcast, Session 130. Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now here's your host, Dave McGibson. Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my daughter Sarah said, my name is Dave McKimsey, and thank you very much for joining me. We've got a great show for you. As usual, um, we have a, uh, a guest that, you know, he, when, you, when you talk to him, it, like experience just drips off of uh, this interview. I mean, he, he, he's got a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom that he's gained over the years. And you're really going to enjoy this interview with David Putnam, who's going to talk about uh, sewer overflows and other uh, sewer related issues uh, in the from a from a contractor 's point of view and so I think you 're really going to enjoy this but before we get to the interview, a uh, couple of quick announcements as normal uh, first off if you haven 't rated or reviewed the podcast yet, please consider doing so. Uh, you can do it on Apple Podcasts, you can do it on Stitcher, TuneIn, other um, other uh, podcast directories out there just it would really help others find. Uh, the podcast and and give them another uh, reason to consider listening by uh, reading your review. And speaking of reading reviews, we, we picked up three more five-star interviews this week. So thanks very much to those of you who uh, uh, gave your five-star review. We also have one, excuse me, five-star rating. We also have one new uh, review by Falconer. Falconer says he's new to the infrastructure space and uh, five stars. And here's his review. He says, being a new entrant to infrastructure, Dave's podcasts have helped gear me up and steer me in the right direction when doing research and reading on relevant areas to my new position. Being in the technology space and specifically for water infrastructure, I found these podcasts to be invaluable to getting me on track with the knowledge I need to take back to my teams and prospective clients. Thanks, Dave. Well, Falconer, you're very welcome. Thank you for the great rating and review on Apple Podcasts. So thanks so much. Um, and with that, I think it's time to get rolling. So let's open the valves, fasten your seatbelts, and here we go. Well, David, welcome to the Water Values Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Can you, uh, uh, just for starters here, tell us a little about who you are, your background, and how you got into the water industry? sister and I made a construction company, Great Horse Corporation, and we replaced sewers, we fixed sewers, we put in new trenches. Then we started an innovative trenching system, which is a pipe-based system. And uh, next thing is sewer systems. We started a company here recently called Sewer City. We have 16 U.S. patents. Systems for machines that replace sewer systems. We've been in the field for, for 40 years now, so you could say we've been in the wastewater industry all our lives. Got it. Now, um, uh, over 40 years, you've, I'm sure you've seen a lot of uh, change in the industry. Before we kind of get into today's topic, I just want to uh, touch base and, and kind of get your thoughts on, you know, where the industry's you know, been and come uh, during those 40 years? 
Best pipe out there. Uh, the woman PVC or polyethylene pipe out there. The clay pipe is the best thing out there. And concrete pipe. Now these pipes are what's in the ground today that we're having to rehabilitate. With pipe breakers, grinding, and whatnot. So you see a change. Yes, we've seen a change through these 40 years. But some things have not changed. Um, it's like nano covers. If you look at nano covers 100 years ago, they're made the same today. They're round, they're cast iron, they're metal to metal with a single threaded lead. But both things that uh, bring a cover back way back when were performance, or they wouldn't slip apart. So the roughness of it today serves the car, so they haven't changed. And that's kind of amazing to me. And that's, that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's let's continue down um, uh, down this path. But, but you know what? Before we before we get there, you mentioned sixteen patents that you that that your company owned. Can you tell us just a little about uh, uh, what those patents? You know, I, I know you said they they are for uh, sewers and rehabilitating sewers or machinery that rehabilitates sewers. But can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Because with your with forty years of construction experience in the industry, I just want to. Uh, find out a little more um, ab- about what you've been able to leverage your experience with to get those patents. Okay. The uh, Piper's machines, they're probably, out of the 16, probably have 12 that have to do with Piper's equipment. Um, we come from Louisiana. We're, we're based in Louisiana. And, and in the south, we have a different kind of soil. And we got into pipe first, and we saw that it was a really good means of uh, rehabilitating sewer lines. You don't have to dig up the streets, you know, like we used to do. So we invented uh, a lot of things in that industry. In other words, we have to go fast in order uh, in order to pipe break in Louisiana because the ground is just, it comes back and grabs your pipes while you're pulling. So there was no machinery on the market that would go that fast. So we come up with some machines that were fast and some other things uh, uh, that helped us out, uh, upsizing and whatnot. Then the other, say, four uh, patents have to do with um, uh, sewer gas. We have a vent. Uh, they have blowers that in the pump stations today that uh, are in line, and they suck the gas out of the pump station, and this gas will eat these motors up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so let's, let's, uh, uh, start talking about that last subject because I know that's what we really want to get into today, uh, is, is, you know, I and I CSOs manholes and, and how those all interrelate, um, to start off, can can you kind of you know frame the quest the the issue for us concerning I and I, which uh, I'm sure most of the listeners know is inflow and infiltration? Can you fr- uh, frame uh, the relationship of I and I with uh, the sewer system and and why manhole covers are such a, a, an integral component uh, such are such an integral integral component of that uh, discussion? Yes, 
ingredients. And that's what we're, we're looking at. And we're contaminating our environment with this, uh, with our own sewage. And because of the I and I that comes into the sewage when it's raining or the groundwater table. So when mainly inflow is the problem that creates the SSO or sewer system, which is sanitary sewer overflow. Uh, EPA in Washington, D.C. did a study on the history of sewer systems, and in this study they found that SSOs have always been with us. And quote in this study, by far most SSOs are due to rainstorms. So, you also have a sewer gas problem in your sewer system. David, have you ever seen the, uh, the YouTube videos of the mayonnaise? <laughs> yes, yes, I am very familiar with those. <laughs> Okay. It's, it's, it's dangerous and it can become uh, explosive. It's very dangerous to sewer workers. Um, as, uh, several men and women have been killed by sewer gas uh, inside the sewer systems. Um, it's also corrosive to your sewer system. Um, the money goes up. So, you know, at whose money is it, David, that we have you ever had your <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm very familiar with that. I I know all about it. But uh, yeah, so it's coming from the ratepayers, right? So that they're the ones who are ultimately on the hook for this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell us a little about um, uh, what wh what your proposal is to fix it. I know you have a patent on one of these things, so why don't you tell us a little about about how how you've come up with one solution to the um, you know the SSO, which is the sanitary sewer overflow. There's also the CSO, the combined sewer overflow. Um, so, can you tell us uh, a little about your solution? And I, I think it would also be good. Um, if you could just distinguish for our listeners, for those who don't know, what the difference between an SSO and a CSO. Let me get started right there first then. Um, CSO, SSO. SSO is a sanitary sewer overflow. That means the sewer is isolated into a sewer system. The CSO uh, is a, a combined sewer overflow. And what this is, is the sewer and the stormwater system are the same pipe. Now, years and years ago, they thought that was a good idea to put the sewer and the stormwater in the pipe and just let it flow to the rivers and the, the lakes and where they go. Then they decided, you know, there's too much uh, uh, disease and uh, things happening, so then they started uh, 
stuff. And with rain, of course, uh, you can't treat all that. You can treat the sewer, but you cannot treat all this water that goes into the drainage system when it's raining. So what happens? It flows out still. And these things have been grandfathered in. Uh, I actually went to China um, because they wanted to uh, pipe those those sewer systems. It was Jingzhou, China. And when I got there, it's like, I can't help you uh, because you have a combined sewer system. Um, and they have these holding things under their buildings, and it would go out into the, the drainage and then go out to the river. So they started treating it, and it had the same problems that we here in the United States have. So I told them, you just have to put a new pipe in and, and, and uh, separate these two systems, or you'll never, you know, make it work. So the SSO, the CSO is nothing I would do as far as for sewer central. I can't help this. Um, and they just have to put a, a new sewer system in. Now, the sanitary sewer system, like I say, we can help these. Now, in these big cities like Chicago, they say, well, you can't help me because I have uh, a combined sewer system. Well, you know, the whole city is not a combined sewer system, only the older parts. So you can still help with the overflows during rainstorms in the area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. I just, I just wanted to ask, uh, uh, you know, what, what again is uh, the, the solution that you're proposing to this, to this uh, SSO issue? Of fixing these sewers. 
Okay. So what about, what about the covers is the problem? Okay, so so on the manhole cover, it's it's the perimeter that's that's letting some of the stuff in. It's also is, is there anything within the cover itself? Is there are there any holes where it's getting in through through you know inside the perimeter, so to speak? Yeah, the man. Yeah, the manhole lid. Yeah. Okay. And so why don't you tell us what the sewer sentry, I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it. It's a kit, but uh, tell us what exactly it is, what it does, how it functions, that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, 
and there's two ways of doing this, which I, we've been retrofitting with the manholes that are out there, which you can, but they're in decent shape. But a lot of these lids are not. So what you do, if you have a, a, a ring and cover out in your street, say, you will clean this ring and cover up, and then you'll glue that rubber down into that ring. And this rubber is designed by engineers to, for the lid to have enough weight to seal it. Um, now there's a bolt-on lid out there that you can bolt down that happens to rubber gasket, and you stop 100% of the water. Uh, but a lot of times I've, I've taken these off, and it, it's hard to get the bolts lined back up and get it back on. But the weight of this lid will stop that uh, water from coming into the rubber, say, 95 98%. Then you have uh, the sewer sensor, which is the hole in the, the manhole in order for it to breathe. Now, breathing in, in other words, if you have, a, say, a 12-inch line that's flowing pretty fast down below, It'll flow so fast it creates a vacuum, so that sewer sensor allows this manhole to breathe in. And when it breathes in, it puts oxygen into your system, and we're pulling oxygen in your system out of the sulfide, which is your problem gas, will not be produced. Now, hydrogen sulfide is the one that can explode, or the one that smells like rotten eggs. Um, it's the one that corrodes the system. I mean, this is your problem gas. Now, if you put clean oxygen in your system, it cannot be produced. And now, breathing out doesn't let it build up to high parts per million. The higher the parts per million, the more dangerous it is and the more corrosive it is. So, that's what the sewer sensor does. Okay, okay. And so, um, uh, if it still has a hole and allows it to breathe, how is it that the sewer sentry uh uh, besides having the, the, the perimeter sealed, how does that uh, keep keep I and I from getting into the manhole? Okay. In, if you go out, it's, I, I have a GoPro and some frost dogs. We go out, <laughs> we, we get the food dye. And you watch the, the food dye go in. It doesn't go over the manhole until it's finished. In fact, for sewersentry.com, I think there's a video on there that shows that. But... Um, you go out, and what's happening is, is this water's going in these manholes, and it's a, a lot of water. Like I say, you say 10 gallons a minute, and the guy said, well, when this thing's uh, blowing out of its manhole, it's like thousands of gallons a minute. Well, you got to do the math and add it up. It all counts. Everything counts. So the, the raised hole is what we have. And if most of your water that's in the streets, if you go out in the rainstorm, you'll see that most of the manholes is, you know, a quarter inch or half inch of water. The sewer sentry is five-eighths of an inch high. Uh, we designed it that high so that we could take care of most of this water. Now, some manholes go in the water, like in the ditches when the, it rains, the ditches surcharge and go over the manhole. Right. Well, we have a, a snorkel, or it's a pipe extension that you can stick into the sewer sentry, and it sticks up. And a lot of people use these for locating manholes, too, because they can be in bright colors like a bright orange, and uh, you can find your manholes easier. But it also, down in these bottoms where we install these, the water might go in over these manholes three, four feet. And so we'll put these pipe extensions up, you know, mm -hmm. foot minimum. Uh, don't want somebody falling on it. So that's a minimum of four foot, but you can go eight foot, whatever you need. Right. 
Okay. And, and, you know, earlier you mentioned that with a CSO or with a combined system that you can't necessarily help, help those systems out a, a, a lot. It would seem to me that, that you could still use this to prevent water from getting into the manholes in a CSO system. Ah, okay. Okay. You've mentioned pipe bursting a couple times. Why don't you, can you tell us a little about what pipe bursting is? How how long has that been around? So with, with, with your 40 years of experience, what other kind of uh, nuggets of, of, you know, kind of hard-earned wisdom do you have for the, uh, for the sewer community? Well, I mean, <laughs> That's all, I know it's a broad question, but... <laughs> Even after you do this, 
So they start spending our money on on holding tanks. It's hold drivers running around, and they make concrete trees, or um, you know, underground tunnels, or they're spending on bigger pumps and pump mounts. And we've seen this. We've seen them do this, but the school safety hadn't been out, but they really haven't been out for maybe three years now, and we're seeing uh, results. And we don't see them as believing. And when these guys see their, see, the thing about it is, is not only did we reduce or eliminate these overflows when we put these sewer sifters on the system, we also saved them money. And if you go to sewersifter.com, you'll see the case studies that we compared the before and after of the electrical bills, which has been a lot usage of these pump stations, and compared it to rain. And even with more rainfall, after they were put in, uh, put on, you had a savings anywhere from 25% to 70% on these pump stations, which they all averaged out to where you were doing about 25, 30%. Uh, when you're talking about electricity costs down 30%, I mean, David, how would you like your electricity bill to your house to go down 30%? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's huge, especially because power is such a big, big uh, component of rates. Yeah. And, and, and so, so to bring this kind of full circle, uh, one of the things that you kind of, I, I, I think I know where you're going there in terms of the I and I that's getting in the system. Yes. Yeah, some of it gets in through the, the pipes themselves, right. But a, a disproportionate amount is coming through the manholes. Is that what I, is that kind of the big picture of what I hear you're saying? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So, um, well, you know, you know, David, you've been uh, terrific. I've, I, I learned so much from from you know people like you who have that practical experience, um, and it's just I, I think the, the kind of knowledge you've got is invaluable. And I really want to thank you for coming on. You've been fantastic today. Uh, you know, for people who want to find out more about you uh, and the Sewer Century and kind of your work, where can they go to get that information? Okay. Awesome. Okay. And the website was uh, sewercentry.com as well, right? Yes, sir. All right. Terrific. 
Well, David, I want to thank you again for coming on. You've been terrific. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate all your, your wisdom from down there in Louisiana. Thank you so much. Okay, well, thank you. You bet. All right. You bet. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thanks. Well, I hope you like that interview with David Putnam. As you could tell from my intro, I mean, his, his interview, I thought it just dripped with gravitas. It was uh, uh, spoken with a lot of uh, hard-earned knowledge and wisdom. And uh, I really appreciated David taking time out of his day uh, to come talk with us about uh, you know, CSOs, SSOs, the sewer century, how they figured all this stuff out, pipe bursting, just, just that wide array of topics was, was great to get um, a, a contractor's perspective on. So thank you very much, Dave. And I hope you enjoyed that podcast out there. Uh, if you did, let me know what you, what you enjoyed about it. You can check out the show notes for this session at thewatervalues.com forward slash pod one three zero. Uh, leave your comments on the show notes, or you can email me your comments at david at thewatervalues.com. You can also tweet at me at DTM1993, and you can tweet about the podcast using the hashtag watervalues. And again, as I indicated at the top of the show, please do me a favor by leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever podcast directory you listen to the show on. Uh, you can also sign up for the Water Values newsletter at uh, thewatervalues.com. And if, you, if you're so inclined, you can help defray the cost of putting on the podcast by giving uh, the podcast a donation. You go onto the website, thewatervalues.com, scroll down a little bit. There's a little uh, yellow PayPal button kind of on the right side of the, the screen, and just click on that. Any denomination helps, again, defray the cost of putting on the podcast. So with that, thank you again for uh, uh, joining me for another week. And I just say in closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it. Listening to the Water Values Podcast. Thank you for spending some of your day with my dad and me. Thank you for tuning into the disclaimer. I'm a lawyer licensed in Colorado and Indiana, and this podcast does not establish an attorney client relationship with you or anyone else. And information in this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Further, this podcast is not a solicitation for professional employment. I'm just a lawyer who finds water issues interesting and who believes greater public education about water issues is necessary. And that includes enhancing my own education about water issues because no one knows everything about water. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.